I watched uh, Raw Deal by Anthony Mann last night. Oh, that was, so that was good. good. Yeah, and I also T Men too, which was I don't know. If that one's it's good. good, but it's um like Treasury Department propaganda, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, like... <laughs> but yes, we're good. <laughs> yeah, I saw Raw. I saw a screening of Raw Deal. Um, God, it, I think it was 2012, and Marsha Hunt was there, and um, yeah, that's a that was the first time I'd seen it, and uh, that's a that's a great a great noir. Yeah, that one really caught gritty. yeah very gritty, uh, caught me off guard. Um, yeah, I, I just think Anthony Mann is kind of underrated as a dire- as a director. Um, I saw the I the Furies for the first time a few months ago when it came out, mm-hmm. and I was blown away by that too. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Joe Blake, <laughs> I think that's an intro. I, I would I would mention what's next in the class, but I forget. I think it's. I know we have Sweet Smell of Success. Uh huh. Um, we have Underworld USA is the last the last one. So some good stuff. Oh um, yeah. Kiss Me Deadly, of course. So yeah, good good, good noir staples. Fun. Yeah, but not like uh, you know he, he's he avoids the big the only big one he did was uh, Maltese Falcon because you kind of have to start with that. Yeah. Right. So what are you about to? Just doing my thing, whatever that is of the moment. And um, I just, uh, we're doing some uh, renovations around the house. So I just, I just packed up all of my DVDs and blues and uh, I realized how many of them are still uh, extremely Jack Nance voice wrapped in plastic. (laughs) And um, so... (laughs) And so I kind of – we've known for a little bit that, that this uh, uh, remodel was happening. And so I had to stop buying movies for a little bit because it only, like, didn't have time to watch them. And it would only mean more discs to pack. Right. <laughs> so I did allow myself a couple purchases on Prime Day. But um, I have not uh, – bought anything during um, like refraining from the criterion sale at barnes noble which is yeah killing me slow, <laughs> slowly um but yeah i i was just going through and i was like oh yeah i remember i have this and then it was still in shrink wrap and i'm like i am such a bastard <laughs> <laughs> like i just keep buying movies mm. and they're just sitting there looking beautiful Waiting to be opened. There was that Star, Star so. Wars Natalie Portman meme um, uh, that that was like you're, you. I no, I saw the. Yeah, one. you bought a Blu-ray. You're gonna watch it, right? And you're gonna watch it. I, I felt very seen there. <laughs> no, that was a personal attack. It was. Yeah, I was. I, I was. Um, I'm gonna call my lawyer. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I tried I, with the Criterion's at least. I, I generally try to prioritize those, but. It's the region mm-hmm. B's because there's so much great stuff. Like the Colombian War, I'm still I know, not through uh, set number two, which was great. Um, yeah, I've I need to pre-order the four. I was going to, and I had actually I had uh, four in my cart in Ishtar and one other, and I was just waiting to like kind of steal myself because the shipping is so expensive it is yeah and basically i wait until like the middle of the night when i'm at my my weakest when i'm like (laughs) (laughs) you know i'll buy this and then the regret that you know hopefully won't be as bad but um 
yeah, so I went to, I was about to order it. And then that email came through that Ishtar had been canceled. And I was like, shit. Yeah. So uh, I've got to, <laughs> yeah, definite bummer. Bummer. So I was going to wait to see what, what else was, uh, coming out in the next month or two before I, I try to lump everything together. So I will get it though. Those sets are beautiful. Yeah. I think they're up to four now. I've, I've, I have four ordered. Um, but anyway, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about, uh, Joe Blake. Um, so last, you were here last <laughs> time. Uh, it was not too long ago. I think maybe yeah. a few months, a couple months and uh, March or April, maybe. Yeah. That sounds about right. And that was right yeah. when the, let me get this right. The fifth Avenue anti-stuff shirt and flying trap peace club. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a very vague reference uh, to George Cukor's holiday. And right. um, so I knew about it then when I was on the show, but I couldn't say anything because we had not announced it yet. And what this very long titled club is, is the we've kind of shortened it to the Classic Film Collective. And it is a group of women who are creating art mm -hmm. and in the form of uh, essays and original songs, poetry, uh, drawings. And, um, you know, we and all of it, it kind of has it has a classic film slant. Our definition of classic is uh would probably irritate some of the um purists which you know a lot of the purists that think that classic film is only until 1959 or only <laughs> until 1970 um we kind of have a you know as long as it's you know maybe 20 years old um so because we're all of us are of the mind that classics are made every day and yeah. if they you know um and just because a movie is quote classic meaning old doesn't mean it's necessarily good so we um we kind of have a broad definition i know one of the the last time i was on the show i was talking about watching gosford park and so i mean i i wrote about that um I believe in my first piece yeah. for the, for the, the thing. So, um, and uh, so this, what, it's a Patreon that we've set up and the idea is that we're, you know, creating, having this space to be, um, creative and have the freedom to do whatever, pretty much whatever we want. And it also is kind of giving, um, our supporters a taste of, what we do outside of the collective. So for example, uh, Kate Gabrielle, who, this is her uh, brainchild. Uh, she came up with the idea. She invited all of us to be a part of it. Um, she has a, uh, she's a brilliantly talented artist uh, and designer. She uh, has pens and t-shirts and, um, you know, clothing, stickers. Uh, bedding, stickers, everything. And she is, she's done um, work for um, Netflix and done work for TCM 
and I know she's she's done some artwork for Doubleday Books. So um, she she's just an extraordinarily talented artist. And so this is kind of she's giving uh, things to uh, our supporters. That's just kind of a taste of what she does as her business. That is her business. Um, and so uh, I, I think we offer kind of a unique uh, and diverse offering in terms of of the art we're creating and i think we've brought we've brought in a new uh, member of the collective i believe her stuff will go live uh if not this month next month for sure um and so yeah we're we are um and you're one of our supporters which we really appreciate I am, and I got and my sticker about a month ago. You got your sticker, maybe, maybe two months. Wonderful. Ago. Yeah, I haven't figured out what to do with it yet. So maybe put it on my laptop. That would be great. Um, and so we're and we'll be doing some new. Th- we kind of wanted to get a few months under our belt to kind of feel things out, um, but we do have some ideas going forward to you know offer our supporters, um, you know some cool little perks and you know there may be uh things down the line like you know live streams um podcasts things like that so we're kind of we're just getting started so um if you if your listeners love you know good writing and original uh content and classic movies definitely uh check us out what's funny is i have an apple watch and um it notifies me every time there's a Patreon post, and it's like one of those cool <laughs> notifications, like the the big buzz, yeah. and, um, and mm-hmm. and I, I look at it and like, ooh, it's something new. Um, so yeah, I, I also nice... get those notifications when people comment and uh, decide to support us. So I'm like, nice. woohoo, we got another, we got another <laughs> pledge. <so."> nice. <laughs> yeah, that's a different different kind of good feeling. But uh, yeah, I won't name yeah. the movie because pe- people. But you you wrote about um, you know kind of speaking of gatekeeping and uh, what's what's fun and what's classic you know uh, we, you had a good piece about a movie I I, I only skimmed it because I haven't seen the whole thing um, but um, but it's one I I've, I read the book I'll say that <laughs> of the last thing you wrote about mm-hmm. and then yeah you um you talked on the show about uh, kind of like your your cinematic rebirth uh, post COVID yeah um, and then right yeah. you know talking with you about it and then reading about it on there was uh, was really interesting. So yeah, I, I I encourage people to support uh, this this group. I support you because it's, it's people I know and I admire, and mm-hmm. I also just want to support uh, you know female voices talking about film. You know, I I think film Twitter is generally respective about that, but um, you know, I, I think the more we can, um, yeah, I guess, prop you up, the the better. Um, well, I really appreciate that. We really appreciate that. And, you know, yeah, you, you mentioned film Twitter and, it, you know, we all kind of complain about it. And, you know, there's always a character of the day who has some <laughs> like lousy take or oh, yeah. is doing something <laughs> terrible. Um, but for the most part, I think by and large, it's a supportive there's a lot of let's just let's just say this there's a lot of good people that are in that community and who are supportive um and the ones that are 
that kick up the most fuss are just the turds, you know? And so they, and <laughs> yes, we, we had a, a couple common enemies. <laughs> In fact, I think there's one, one enemy we had that I am curious where she's at, but uh, right. enough about that. But yeah. you know, it's just, um, you know, I think that those people are, they tend to be the loudest voices and they yeah. are the ones that kind of give that community um, a bad reputation, but you know, most of my interactions with with folks are are pretty positive, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So, and and we've gotten a lot of support from from that community, from you and my pal Noel Murray, who um, you know, you guys probably know from you know he was written for AV Club and he was with the Dissolve and he writes for Rolling Stone and. Um, he's supporting us. And so, you know, it's, it's just a great, um, great community to be a part of. And, and, um, anyways, yeah. So check us out. Um, I'll put a link in the notes. That's that. Yeah. And I I, I think I saw there's a watch party, uh, something. So yeah, good good stuff coming. It sounds like you're engaging your, your membership, kind of finding your, your, we've got, we've got some, some fun stuff coming ahead. So definitely, Definitely come join us. Join us. So on that note, <laughs> let's talk about the Criterion Cult. <laughs> um, so join us. I guess you won't be buying these because you're you're moving or you're no. remodeling situation. But um, well, okay. I know. But They're... come October when they do the flash sale, which it's typically yeah. in October. Yeah, and I've got some uh, Criterion gift certificates chilling out in my account. <laughs> chilling out. I think i have an idea which is going to be your favorite uh, of this batch but um mm. so we have six films how many of these have you seen uh, f- uh wait we have six i One, i, two, three, I, I forgot rat catcher <laughs> i left it off oh okay yeah yeah okay so i've seen th- four of them okay good four. i've seen uh also four uh, so <laughs> all right we'll see which ones are the same so, yeah. um, well, well, first, the, the elephant in the room, um, we like to dork out about spy numbers, and sometimes, you know, Criterion, mm-hmm. you know, will we'll play with us a little bit, and I certainly think they did this time, which we'll talk about, but uh, <laughs> we have been talking about Citizen Kane for a while. Uh, the last show, there was a, a pretty, there are a lot of rumors that uh, we thought it was pretty likely. Uh, since then, it's been I think confirmed that it's in the works. Uh, in fact, there was an article mm-hmm. on Wellsnet that said that they are indeed working on it uh, for the 80th right. anniversary of the film. Um, so, so I think a lot of people got their hopes up, thinking, okay, Spine 1100 or 1101 would be Kane because it was, I believe, it was the first laser disc, I believe. Um, and then there uh-huh. was th- that kind of went into crazy mode with UHD and all sorts of stuff. And alas, <laughs> I've been th- I've been loving this whole I know. drama. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> alas, there's no there's no Citizen Kane. There's no 4K. So we'll just talk about Onibaba. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, um, I'm excited about Kane coming. Um, I'm patient, but uh, and 4K would be nice. But uh, yeah, I, I wasn't disappointed mm-hmm. to not see it uh, announced this week. I guess same no. as you. I mean, we do have a nice restoration of it. It's not like it's unavailable, so we do have it, but right. <laughs> it would be wonderful to have a really nice deluxe uh, release and 
having it 4K, I would love to see Criterion. I, I was a fan of dual format, which I know that that's probably mm-hmm. going to like piss uh, some people off. I was too. Yeah. I, I loved dual format. Um, and I think for um, it was really great for instructors. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. To have um, just uh, to have that accessibility. And then in terms of like being able to make screen caps and things like that, it's easier with DVD. Um, but, uh, I would love to see them go into a multi-format, uh, release to kind of ease people into 4k. Um, mm-hmm. like, which is what a lot of these 4k releases are doing is they're also offering, um, uh, Blu-ray as well. And digital, which you know, Criterion is not going to do that, right? And, um, and, and DVD sometimes too, which uh, so sometimes they're tri format, um, right? So, and I'm totally in favor of that, but whatever, I'm getting off the subject. No, bit, no you're, but, you're on the subject, uh, but, but yeah, I would love, I would love to see see uh, a really fat Citizen Kane release, and I think it's coming. Yeah, and I think but, the most important thing is get it right. You know, don't rush it out. Uh, just right. But I, I imagine their timing is probably looking for a sale. So this we're talking about October today. Um, maybe November is, is likely, or maybe I, it won't. Definitely, I don't think it would be December. If it's December, and if it's not announced for October or for November, I think that it'll be a twenty twenty two title, which seems so far mm-hmm. away, but it's really not. But, it's not no. But let's talk about October. Um, I was really impressed with this month. Uh, really excited. Uh, yeah. On uh, really across the board, and so we'll start with uh, on October fifth. We have uh, Shindo's Onibaba, which is mm-hmm. um, a horror film, horror j- film, one of the uh, old school Japanese horrors. And mm-hmm. is this one of the ones you've seen? It has. It is, and I saw it in college. So it's been ages and ages and ages. So I am really excited about this release. Yeah, it's been a while for me too, but um, this is a really unique horror uh, in that I remember it, there's a lot of, uh, it kind of takes place in fields and there's a lot of weird masks. And I, you know, at, at, at my age, having seen the amount of horror, you know, it's really hard to scare, like to truly scare me. You know, that, that just doesn't, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep over a film generally. Um, and I didn't with this one, but I remember this one being pretty creepy and uh, but also just beautiful too um so i can't right. wait to see what the upgrade will look like uh and the k the cover has one of those masks um mm-hmm. and the, the dvd had one too uh, let me see if i click through i can't even see it it's not available so you can only get the blu-ray right so, so yeah is this a flash sale by post uh renovation for, for quite quite possibly yes i mean i still have like the the list is very long because I right. haven't bought anything since uh, March. So, I, I mean, this has taken a great deal of restraint. Like, I don't even have Merrily We Go to Hell yet, wow. which is, like, so criminal. <laughs> but I, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, I should totally be, like, you know, executed for not owning that one yet. <laughs> um, that's a little harsh. But, but, um, but yeah, so that's, it's going to be on my list for sure. Well, it looks like there's not much new. Um, there's uh, well, there's a new commentary. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. new because it's it says Blu-ray only on the description, which I I, I appreciate right. that. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah, there, there's one thing they're they're not bringing over, which is RSDL dual layer edition. Um, so you don't really need mm-hmm. that with the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And there's a new essay uh, from um, on the Blu-ray. 
and everything else is the same. Uh, it looks like HD transfers, so maybe not your state of the art 4K, but um, but I'm still okay with it. Mm-hmm. So, and like, let's be honest on the 4K stuff. I mean, uh, most people in their current television configuration, even if they have a 4K television, the uh, you're not going to see, unless it's a huge television, you're not going to see much mm-hmm. difference between a really good Blu-ray transfer and, and a 4K. Um, uh, it's just not, and I would say just the average, the average household is not going to notice that much of a difference, but. Agreed. It also depends on the film. You know, sometimes, you know, yes. classic Hollywood it's you know I think Kane would you you would certainly notice a big difference, but um, I think a lot of black and whites you would probably see a, a, a bit of a difference. Mm-hmm. And I know I, I've seen the Wizard of Oz 4K, um, and it's it is stunning. Yeah, absolutely I bet. stunning. I bet. Um, so I think it's I think some movies would benefit from it, and I think we've talked about in the past, um, like Foreign Correspondent, when that. Mm-hmm that came out on blu-ray i was actually really disappointed in that release um because i felt like I some of the set pieces did not they just looked like a, like st- stuck out like a sore thumb you could really see the uh, you could see the the you could see the movie making mm-hmm. you could see the lines um so i i don't think every film necessarily benefits yeah, uh, yeah. Sometimes from, like, from that treatment, rear projection doesn't is not going to look much better. You know, the, it's only right. so good. But uh, yeah, I think uh, we have talked about this before. But I, I, that was my first time seeing that hitch. So, um, so I just kind of mm-hmm. got caught up in the film. And um, so, speaking of first time seeing, uh, so on October twelfth, we have High Sierra, which yes. I think might be the biggest deal of the month. I haven't seen this. It's this is one of those uh, oh, that I've been so waiting good. on. I know. And it's I, and so, it, so good. I know it by reputation, but um, so yeah, I'm I thrilled. And wow, what a packed release. Um, first off, that cover mm-hmm. uh, is just stunning. Uh, and Fantastic. So you've seen it, obviously. So it's um, Raoul Walsh, who I think is kind of one of those, mm-hmm. you know, kind of journeyman Hollywood, classic Hollywood directors, but, you know, did put out some really good work. And of course, Bogey mm-hmm. and Ida Lupino. Um, you know, unfortunately, we don't have her as a director, but uh, there's no. a really great Kino box set I'd recommend. Uh, it is great. And The Hitchhiker is in my uh, noir class, so uh, that might come up in a later show. So, uh, what, what can people expect from this, Jill? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, it is. Well, you have a John Huston script, um, which uh, is fantastic and so you have george see this is the george wait hang on i gotta get no i'm getting my i'm getting my uh raul walsh noirs mixed up i was about to say george raft it's not george raft he probably turned it down i'm pulling up (laughs) odds are (laughs) oh too soon Uh, no it's it's been Um, (laughs) it's been 80 years (laughs) okay hang on i'm i'm getting my cast set up this yeah this one's arthur kennedy and and bogey and ida um, no, this is just a super, super tense uh, uh, noir uh, that, <laughs> yeah, um, I don't want to give anything away. I mean, there's a robbery. Yeah. Um, 
no, it's just it's it's a great film, and I highly suggest pairing this with uh, "They Drive by Night," which is um, also Raoul Walsh that was released the year before, and mm-hmm. it ha- also has Bogey and Ida in it. Actually, I think, I think um, that one's Raft, isn't it? Yeah, that's George Raft, and and uh, so you can understand they're both Raoul Walsh film noir. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both star Bogey. They both have Ida, but the the sidekick is different. So you you get uh, George Raft, and then uh, they drive by night. You have the most unhinged Ida Lupino performance nice. ever nice. Uh, committed to film. But anyways, um, no, I don't want to give any. I don't want to give too much away about this film. It is just, it is it is just a wild movie. Um, it's and this release when I when I heard that this was coming out. And then I was looking through all the extras and everything. It, it is going to be probably one of the best releases of the year. It is just yep. a, it is, it is absolutely stacked. stacked. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's gotta be. So, and Bogey, be two, three Bogey discs. is just at his, this is one of Bogey's best performances. Um, let's see. This came out in 1941, which was, Right mm-hmm. before Casablanca and uh, Maltese Falcon. Maltese Falcon came out a little bit later in '41. So really, you know, this is kind of on that edge before Bogey really was established because they were throwing him in everything in the 1930s, yeah. and and then it all sort of. And that's not to say that there are some great movies that he's in the 30s, Roaring Twenties. Uh, of course, when he's uh, Kid in, Galahad, um, I think he's he's really good in. The, yeah, Dead End, he's fantastic in that. And then, of course, um, I'm completely blanking. Duke, uh, Petrified Forest as Duke. Oh Manti. yeah, yeah. But but um, yeah, this is right before he was in Maltese Falcon, and he did Across the Pacific, and then of course Casablanca. So um, this is kind of on that edge where he was finally developing or cementing the screen persona that we know today. Um, so it's a, it's a must see. Yeah, no, I can't wait. And, um, and yeah, I, we saw, I really, I think the through line is really from here to in a lonely place. And you kind of see the evolution of his acting skills, but yeah, uh, yeah, he's a legend. Um, and yeah, we talked about how stacked this release is. I mean, it has a whole other movie, uh, which is Colorado Territory. Uh, I also have not seen yes. that. It's his, his own remake, which is weird. You don't see people doing that too much, especially with a different name. Uh, right. Obviously, it also happens, takes place, sounds like, in the outdoors, uh, you know, Sierra Mountains. I've seen this one, but I can't remember much from it. But I have seen it. It's just been a long time. Yeah, well, and it's, it's a Joel McRae who's you know a favorite of mine. Yeah, um, and maybe they, it's a different scenery because uh, Sierra Nevada is more California. This Colorado, you know, is more the Rockies. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I look forward to seeing it. Um, and we also have a conversation on Walsh, Ral Walsh, from uh, Dave Kerr or Kerr, Kerr, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. and our buddy. Speaking of film Twitter uh, friends, uh, Farron Smith name is. It, do I, am I pronouncing it? Nime. I, I think I've gotten her name wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. So sorry, Farron. Uh, yeah. But Self Styled Siren on Twitter. Um, you may remember we've had, 
fought a few fights with her before. Um, yeah, but she's awesome. One of my favorites. Uh, we also yeah, have a, I'm a really glad that she's doing this one. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, we also have the documentary on Raoul Walsh by Marilyn Ann Moss. We have mm-hmm. uh, ma- a making of. We have a documentary about um, Bogey. You know, a new interview with a film historian, uh, and then a new vid- video essay. And um, radio ad- adaptation, which I'll probably skip. No offense to radio. And then again, uh, <laughs> uh, an essay by one of my favorite uh, critics, uh, Imogen Sarah Smith. Uh, really cool to have Imogen and um, Farron on the same disc. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Anything very, very cool that jumps out to you from the extras? I, I mean, that I was just really pleased to see Colorado, Colorado territory uh, on that, and of course having uh, you know Farron and Imogene on there, uh, two amazing women mm-hmm. who I respect so much. Um, so I'm I'm really excited about that, and the radio adaptation of High Sierra. I'm trying to figure out because I probably will listen to that. <laughs> Um, and I'm trying to figure out who, cause a lot of times the stars are not, um, in the film are not mm-hmm. doing the radio. Um, I'm trying to see who from 19, 1944. I, I don't, I think Bogie was pretty busy by then, but yeah, sometimes they do. <laughs> they, sometimes some of the stars do the radio edition. So I'll put them on as a novelty often, but I guess just the idea of watching or listening from my TV, um, yeah, right. I, don't know. I just tend not to watch them, even though I want to. So it looks um, like the radio apta- adaptation. It was done by the um, Screen Guild Theater, and it's Bogey and Claire Trevor. Um, oh, nice. And then they did a second one with Bogey and, and Lupino. So it was done twice. So I don't know. I don't know which one they'll have on there. Uh, oh, it said 1944. Is that what it said? Yeah. So it'll be it'll be the Bogey and Ida Lupino one. And I think, but man, talk about Bogey and Claire Trevor. That would be great. Yeah, well, I've just seen some uh, some uh, Claire Trevor, uh, Murder My Sweet, and um, and yeah, uh, mm-hmm. we're talking about Raw Deal. I think she was in. Yeah, she was in that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love yeah, her. She, she's so fantastic. She's great. Yeah. So Hi Sierra. That's the. I think for me at least, that's the standout of this. Um, even having not seen it, I'm. I don't doubt that I'll love it. Oh, it's just, it's a, it's a fantastic early noir. Um, yeah, you'll love it. I'm sure. And so, and again, we talked about dorking out about spy numbers. So spine 1100, <laughs> as everybody expected, is the incredible shrinking man, which, which I have seen. And it's a blast. <laughs> well, it's a, I have seen it. It's, too. A, it's a blast, but it's also a little bit, uh, you know, has, has a somber aspect to it and i I won't uh, go much further but uh you know we'll just say that if you're shrinking it's probably not awesome that's all i'll say (laughs) no yeah i when when that was announced as the as the spine i i laughed Mm -hmm. you know um yeah so the spine (laughs) it's it's clever so one one zero zero (laughs) so (laughs) well done i'm i'm doing the orson wells cane clap for them right now I know that that was great. So I'm sure you've seen oh, and this. And sometimes right? I just think they just complete. Yeah, yeah. I'm. It's like I'm pretty sure there's some trolling going on. I just I love I it. I think so. so. Yeah, it's a, a wink nod. So okay, you, you want a cane? Here you go. <laughs> 
yeah this one's is is this is a fun one um and again this one's been a long time since i've seen it but um an interesting addition to the collection i'm i'm i support it i support it too there's a fun scene well terrorize for some terrorizing there's a fun scene with a cat uh so i always yes shrinking men and cats (laughs) um one thing though about this film i I was kind of digging in a little bit uh beforehand just because it's been a little a few since i've seen it but i I remember it very clearly uh it's pretty memorable but um apparently it was really frightening to people in the 50s you know which is you know it's kind of hard to put yourself in their shoes but uh especially children in the 50s so um Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think it's going to scare anybody in 2021 (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know (laughs) you never know yeah don't show your kids just in case um but yeah, also a pretty pretty stacked release. We have a commentary, and I, I always love commentaries. Uh, it's with a genre film historian, Tom Weaver, and horror music expert David Schechter, which is interesting because I don't. I guess I think of this as a horror in a way, but you know, it's mainly mm-hmm. just hey, the dude's shrinking. You know, I guess that's sci-fi. Um, and then we have um, this is what I'm looking the most forward to is uh, a program on the special effects by um, uh, Craig Barron and Ben Burt. Uh, yes, highly, they're I love them. They're the best, and and I, yeah. I love how they approach films like this. You know, the the they they kind of try to recreate uh, some of the effects sometimes. So, um, mm-hmm. I think for this, it's mostly like set pieces and production d- design. Right. Um, but yeah, can't wait. Um, and then uh, commun- uh, conversation with uh, Joe Dante and um, Dana Gold, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, odd pairing. Um, but I could see how Dante would love this, and and Gold too. And Dana, Dana, yeah, Dana is a yeah. This is right up his alley. Yeah, I can see it definitely. He's a nice guy, by the way. Oh, have you met him? Um, I have, I have, and um, yeah, super super nice guy. He, I saw. We went to see a, a show, comedy show with him and Bobcat Goldthwait last, uh, right before lockdown. And um, he, Dana does a lot of stuff with TCM. And I was there with some friends from the network. And uh, we had a really nice chat with Dana after the show. Um, and he's just a total movie nerd. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and this is the, yeah, this is right, right up his alley. So I'm, I think that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. I rem- he, he was also on the MST3K reboot and I remember he, yeah. he did a, um, uh, he did an impression of William Shatner as Dr. Zayas, I believe singing a Christmas song. I forget which Christmas song, but it was so random. It was hilarious. Uh, he's a, such a funny yeah. guy. Um, but yeah, you could tell that's uh, that's definitely some some movie sci-fi movie nerd uh, genes there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we have some other stuff, some interviews. Uh, and there's something very important that you're leaving off here. Is we, I was getting to it. You know. <laughs> all right. All right. Go ahead, go. No, no, I'm not gonna. I'm, no, you go for it. <laughs> well, maybe we're, I'm. So I, th- I think the the hint, wink, nod, troll is trailer and teaser narrated by uh-huh. filmmaker Orson Welles. Is that where you're going? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Again, it. I just love every bit of it. Doing the clap for you, Peter. Uh, yeah, and, and all involved. Uh, yeah, that uh, that was fun. So yeah, is this a, a Jill post renovation buy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait for this one. Absolutely. I, I actually 
gave out a little ah! when when I saw <laughs> this because I was not at all expecting it, and yeah, it's it's gonna be fine. I, 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 I paused a little bit. I was like. It, it took a moment, but yeah, I I was all in when I. But I'm like pure chaos, Aaron. Like, <laughs> you know, everybody was like Kane, 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 and then you know all of the the chatter over the 4K stuff mm-hmm. and the, and then when I saw this, I was like, I couldn't help but just completely embrace it. Yeah, I, I get it. You're like the so. the. the classic the film classic uh loki kind of criterion loki <laughs> yeah to- yeah total so, total chaos <laughs> so switching gears uh quite a bit uh also on the 19th you get a film by lynn ramsey called rat catcher which is not there's no shrinking men in this uh it's kind of a, like a, a neorealistic uh scottish coming of age i guess but you know mm-hmm. tonally like completely opposite of uh um the films we talked about but uh but a brilliant film i I love it uh have you seen it i haven't okay yeah this is this is an upgrade and uh okay yeah i highly recommend it i don't know if you actually to your point about classic films earlier this was 1999 but i would put Mm -hmm. this in the um in the classic ranks, uh, it was Spine One Sixty Two, okay. so it was pretty early DVD release. Uh, and mm-hmm. Lynn Ramsey, of course, has gone on to do quite a few thing, great films. Um, but yeah, highly recommend it. Have you seen others yeah. from Lynn Ramsey or? Oh gosh, I'm trying to think. It'd be Mulvern Collar. Uh... Um, we need to talk about Kevin. Uh, a whole bunch. I have, yeah, I've seen. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin. And I want to say, I think that's it. Yeah, she, I think that's it. Pretty, pretty solid filmmaker. I mean, pretty much everything she's done since has been good. Morven Collar was mm-hmm. a good one. A uh, little, little more artistic. Uh, mm-hmm. Ratcatcher is just like pure gritty re- 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 realism. So highly recommended if you haven't seen it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, there's some new stuff. There's a new interview with uh, Lynn Ramsey, which is awesome. And a new interview with a cinematographer, um, Alwyn Kuchler, I b- believe is, I'm probably wrong. Uh, her short films, and I've already seen them because I had the DVD, and they're all mm-hmm. excellent too. And uh, and yeah, and there's a, the trailer, it's Blu-ray only, not narrated, narrated by Orson Welles. That would be inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think... <laughs> They need to have every release needs to have a trailer narrated by Orson Welles. Yeah, but uh, you know, there's that controversy with Anthony Bourdain and reconstructing. I I, they they would have to do that, mm-hmm. um, especially with the next. Well, the, what they could get Maurice Lamarche, who <laughs> you know did the Orson Welles voice for the critic. You know when they did. Oh right. I don't know if it did the uh, Rosebud Frozen Peas. Maybe get and, maybe get uh, who was it? The Platinum and Mank. Uh, don't, don't, um, yeah, <laughs> the guy wasn't bad actually. The the guy that played Orson. Um, I didn't watch. I have not. I I, uh, I have not watched. Yeah, that. we'll have a talk about that. You're good. Okay. Uh, so, so then on uh, the 26th we have uh, a, a new one, a brand new one, and uh, yeah, to your point mm-hmm. earlier, I think kind of an immediate classic. Uh, it's uh, the Safdie Brothers' yes. Uncut Gems. So I take it you've seen this one. I have. I actually. When I was uh, see when this this came out on Blu-ray last last spring is that right? Yeah, probably right. Early COVID. Yeah, 
yeah, I had gone to Target to, you know, look for toilet paper. And uh, there was a, a display of, uh, of uncut gems that just come out. And we had not seen it because it's hard for us to get to the movie theater sometimes. And uh, so I snagged it. And that was one of our first lockdown movies we watched. Mm. And talk about like <laughs> a, just a panic attack. Yeah. It's no, like I, a two-hour pan- panic attack. Would not re- recommend it under those circumstances if, if I'd had the opportunity to chime in. But, um, but great film. I, I hope you agree. It is so good. So, so good. But, yeah, not, uh, not pleasant. It's pretty intense. Uh, so yeah, they, but it's endlessly memeable. I mean, it is <laughs> totally. like, I have so many uncut gems memes saved on my phone for all, uh, all, uh, possible circumstances. So very much so. And, 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 and kind of, you know, even though it's super intense, uh, it's kind of funny at times it has, has some, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's where those memes come from. It, like, I, I think it, somebody, if I remember when it came out, somebody had said that it had the like the most per minute cuss words in the history of film. <laughs> so <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. And now we have Adam Sandler, his second movie in the collection. There his second a, one. As That's right. Everybody expected. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I like him. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it's cool to, to hate on him. Uh, and look, he's made some real shit. Yes. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I grew up, I mean, we're about the same age. I grew mm-hmm. up on his comedy albums, uh, which, you know, I'm terrified to revisit today because I'm sure that they're not uh, okay. But, you know, that I grew up watching him on SNL and listening to those comedy albums. And I unabashedly love Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and The Wedding Singer. Um, and, you know, when I first saw him in Punch Drunk Love, I was like, okay, this guy can, he can act. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm, and I think he was robbed. I think he should have been nominated for this, for this performance. Um, I, I love The Sandman. He's great. Yeah, The Sandman. I love those his early <laughs> stuff as well, and um, and in fact, we had a conversation in our, our Facebook group about, um, you know, why not Happy Gilmore in the collection? You know, uh, it's it, it, it's a fu- it, I mean, it's a fun. It does what it's supposed to exactly. do. Exactly. You know, it's not it's not some like highbrow, you know, cinematic experience. It's a funny movie. It does everything it sets out to do, um, and so, I, you know, I think. I wish he wouldn't make so much stupid stuff, yeah. but, um, and I, you know, and I have to give a shout out for airheads. I love <laughs> airheads so much. Um, <laughs> that's the first airheads reference like, ever on the show, by the way. My yeah. Every, everyone, <laughs> everyone listening to this just immediately threw their phones into the sea. Um, but no, I, I am, I'm happy that this one's getting, I mean, I was, I think the release that came out, last year is is fine but Mm -hmm. um i am i am happy that this is getting a a place in the collection and adding a little not that he needs it but adding some more you know legitimacy to his acting so 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he 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 takes chances sometimes. You know, I, I think Punch Drunk Love certainly was a chance, and I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen the Meyerowitz stories, but that's pretty good too. Uh, yeah, but yeah, he's he's also you know he's going to get it. He, I heard that he just likes to make movies to go places and have fun. So, you know, and, and hang out with his friends and hang out with his friends. And, you know, I kind of wish he would, you know, distance himself from Rob Schneider a little bit, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, th- I think that's what it is, is he, he just enjoys that process and they're just like a bunch of kids goofing off, you know, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I just would like to see him uh, in more, like like Uncut Gems. Um, maybe not as stress-inducing, yeah. but um, I do want to see him in good stuff. I want good directors. Uh, and, you know, Hubie Halloween was pretty great, too, I have to say. I really enjoyed it. It was stupid, but <laughs> it was fun. Put it in the collection right now. Um, but no, I would like to see him do more Sandler, some go more criterion. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for just put all Adam Sandler in the box set. <laughs> in the, I want to, uh, yes, com- I want a Sandman box set. Um, <laughs> that would confuse some comic fans. Um, a little, di- <laughs> little digression. Did I tell you that we saw Sandler on the Sony set when, uh, when J- Andrea was no. taping Jeopardy? Yeah. He walked by no. with his friends. I, I would, the one thing, when you live in Hollywood, you kind of get used to celebrities and right, you kind of just right. like realize they're people and you don't bother them. So, you, um, right. I, he, he had and just, a lot of times you don't even recognize them because yeah, they're, it's true. Uh, right. He, he's pretty distinctive though. <laughs> so we, no, that's true. We that's did, true. uh, and, and he, he had just played basketball. So he's like in basketball gear and just walked by us and he had, uh, I got just from his face. I got the impression that either he was really tired or he had lost. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Andrea was like Adam Sandler, uh, and, and you know she's not uh, probably a fan of his. I don't think. Um, and uh, I was like, don't bother him. And she she continually reminds me that I uh, kept her from Adam Sandler. Um, I was just trying. To... He's supposed to be like super nice. He probably is. Yeah. Like super super uh, appreciative of his fans. So you know you you know I'm with Andrea. You kept her from getting. <laughs> Thank you. You know, what What I love is, like, I, th- I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but someone, I guess some paparazzi or something, had caught a photo of Adam Sandler coming out of a store with a box of tampons, you know, that he had <laughs> probably bought for, for one of his daughters, you know, and how, like, of course he is confident to go buy tampons. He's Adam Sandler. He's amazing. I yeah. love that. So, and, and um, I have anyways... Yeah, and this was a big, big digression. So anyway, cut <laughs> gems. Uh, yeah, I mean, so the first time that we've mentioned airheads and tampons on your show. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to go <laughs> search to see if there was a, a tampon reference, but um, but yeah, good chance. <laughs> so yeah, also a pretty stacked release. <laughs> uh, co- commentary and nice, thing... nice segue there. <laughs> nice, uh, yeah. Uh, one, one thing about the commentary is I. As far as I understand, they they I guess because of COVID or whatever, it was not on the other Blu-rays. So this is a, a first time commentary from the Safties mm-hmm. and other people involved. And yeah, there's documentaries, interviews. Uh, there's the short films, which are also good. I I um would yeah. recommend. Oh, there's the the Goldberg oh, Goldman versus Silverman, which uh, was was good. Uh, if you've been to New York and and Times Square, you'll um you'll you'll appreciate that. A Q and A and um. And yeah, deleted scenes. Um, so yeah, highly recommend that one. 
and we have one left. Uh, can we can we make it? <laughs> yeah. So um, so okay. What play setting? Um, a lot of people thought there might be a Satyajit Ray box set this year because it's his hundredth the hundredth anniversary of his birth. Um, mm-hmm. Looks like it's not going to happen. And when we talked about that on the show, the one title that we thought you know was kind of the the big one missing was this one. Uh, which I, I believe it's pronounced Dubai. I'm not positive there, but not um, sure. But anyway, it's um, uh, it's a, a 1960 Ray film, so right after Apu, and uh, kind of like, I, I mean, he was always good, but I'd say this is probably his peak period. Uh, so um, I'm guessing just by math, uh, you, this is one you haven't seen. So I have not, and I, actually, Ray is a huge blind spot for me. So um, I've got to rectify that. Yes. Very soon. Yes. Ray is um, special, and I wrote about, I don't do you remember the Criterion Blogathon uh, that we did? Uh, yeah. It's been a few, uh, but I, I wrote about the Apu trilogy for that. Um, okay. And uh, okay. yeah, actually, Criterion gave us a shout out about that. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, highly recommend any Ray. Uh, I've never seen a bad film from him. In fact, never seen that a film that's you know, so, you know, it, like even good. You know, it's pretty much great or masterpiece. Uh, so yeah, I can't wait. Uh, the cover is from an, insp- um, it's based on a drawing of Ray's. So nice artwork mm. as well. And, um, and yeah, so it's, I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to it, but there's some interesting features. There's interviews from 2013, which makes you think maybe they were uh, planning a release of this, uh, long earlier. Then, and yeah. new video essay by, uh, Maheli Sen. So I looked her up. Mm-hmm. She is she specializes on Asian and uh, Indian film, um, Bollywood. Actually, she teach, okay. teaches at Rutgers. Um, mm-hmm. Some South Asian and global cinema is what she teaches. So that seems right up the alley. So, so yeah. Well, Jill, when when once you've moved, I recommend you check out some Ray. It's good stuff. All right. And that's it. That's the that's October. So um, we got through it. Great month, stacked month, huge month. All right, well, that's October, and we've already talked about Kane, so um, let's just talk about what's co- come out. Uh, so recently, uh, we have uh, some good stuff. Uh, Deep Cover, Working Girls, Mirror, Bringing mm-hmm. Up Baby, and Pick Up on South Street. I said, damn, <laughs> that's, that's something. I know, um, that's, and, and I'm, I'm crying because I don't have any of them yet, So, but they're, <laughs> they're on that long list. Yeah, um, I think, I'm sure Bringing Up Baby is probably top of the list. Oh, I, I, I've been in the poll every <laughs> month for like the past however many years I've been voting for that. So, and I, I, I had an idea that that was coming because um, I'm, you know, friendly with Sheila O'Malley and I had seen she had in the last several months had posted, as, you know, things that she was working on mm. and there were like stacks of books that were like uh-huh. Hepburn and, and Grant and Q-Core, and I was like, hmm, <laughs> interesting. Or uh, not Q-Core, uh, Howard Hawks. And uh, and I was like, hmm, very interesting. I wonder. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to see that, and I can't wait to get my, my mitts on it. 
Yeah, it's good. I, I watched Pickup, uh, which is uh, I re- rewatched it. I know you haven't gotten to it, but it's um, yep. it was just so good. I, I my Letterbox review was um, that the real thief was Thelma Ritter because she stole every scene she was in. Um, and, yeah, and I, I would like to say um, I watched Working Girls last night, and I was mm-hmm. really glad to get called out by one of our listeners uh, from when we first talked about the announcement. Uh, it was David mm-hmm. and I, and we were t- we were kind of talking about the stigma of sex work and uh, from. The mm-hmm. perspective of, you know, I, I think, and, it, and this might be a stereotype, uh, maybe with an element of truth, I don't know, but the, that there's um, maybe sometimes they're troubled women, and um, that's not mm-hmm. always the case. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll just right. say that it, it was really eye-opening to, you know, dive into sex work and learn about it through this film. And, uh, and it's a great mm-hmm. film at, at showing what it's, what it's like for these women. And, um, right. and, and it's not as not as black and white as say troubled child gets in the sex work. Right. You know, there's right. Um, and, and it, yeah, that's definitely the stereotype um, has long been that. Um, so yeah, I need to see it's it. Good. It's really good. And it's uncomfortable to talk about too. Um, but yeah, you, you, I think just generally, uh, but there's this really great mm-hmm. extra on it with four sex workers uh, mm-hmm. and they're different types. And, that it was like a thirty minute Zoom call, which, you know, after the last year and a half, I'm not thrilled <laughs> to watch a lot of Zoom calls. Right. But that was fantastic, and you know, them mm-hmm. connecting their experiences to the movie uh, really was impactful. Mm-hmm. So, so highly recommend uh, watching that, and uh, you might kind of rethink how you look at sex work. So, uh, thank you for I believe right. it was Celeste that called called us out. So that was awesome, Celeste. Um, and then coming soon, uh, we have mixed bag. Uh, La Piscine, uh, Afterlife, mm-hmm. original cast album of Company, and then we have Ashes and Diamonds. <laughs> so, you got anything yeah. for those? I, all I have to say is my friend Kyle Turner, I could pretty much hear him squeal in delight over the the Company release. He is such a fan. <laughs> um, so, that that's that's about it. Everything else is... is uh, I haven't seen, I don't think so, but yeah, the company release, I was just very happy for him. (laughs) Shout out to Kyle Turner. I know, I know him too. And we talked, so, um, yeah, I'll just share that we have something special planned on the show for company. So keep posted, um, probably in the maybe late August, September realm, depending on calendars, we're going to do something. Um, cool. Yeah, good good movies. Uh, Ashes and Diamonds is another another foreign classic, a Polish foreign classic. So recommend that one. And we have uh, so we had a closet video with uh, Joanna Hogg. Of oh the yeah, souvenir. so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the souvenir too. Uh, it was weird to have an art film do pretty well, and then you know you have a sequel. Like it's a franchise now. It's an IP. Um, but <laughs> I, yeah, you, you watched. You watched the suit. Uh, you watched the closet video. I did watch the closet video, and uh, I was kind of cracking up at the comments because everybody's like, "Why do they always pick the DVD over a Blu-ray?" <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, and we're here talking 4K, and <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah," and, and she, they're she like, "Let me get this ones. VHS." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, no, I, she had some great picks. 
Yeah, good picks. And I love that uh, she said she was in a Fellini phase. That was that I was know, fun, I, so. and I, I was actually thinking, well, did you look at the box up there? Um, yeah, on the top, or it where, was where right there, it. right there. It's like yeah. all right, I, I get it, uh, uh, eight and a half uh, Lestrada, but there's a lot more. Mm. Um, so just reach a little higher. <laughs> I, I hope somebody at Criterion, you know, remedied that. So okay, yeah, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, have fun. I'll put it in the notes. Watch it. Uh, she's she had some um, one of her funny things. Uh, like she she was talking about notebooks. Um, she really likes mm-hmm. the essays, which the the booklets. booklets yeah. yeah, and um, I forget the way she phrased it, but she picked up one title and noticed its weight. And you know, it's just a standard jewel case, but. Um, like I mm-hmm. think she wanted to sing like refresh, refreshingly heavy or something. That that wasn't it, but it was yeah. something in that vein. So yeah, um, and I, I thought it was really interesting too that she talked about how when she's you know in pre-production for something, you yeah. know, she she's very careful about what she watches. Which I I mean that's just like when I'm about to write something, I'm careful about what if I'm writing about a film, I don't want to read anything else that's been written about it because I don't want to be uh you know influenced where i i don't realize that i'm i'm maybe uh, taking from you know um but i thought it was interesting that she talked about how she even though she doesn't watch a lot of movies when she's in pre-production she reads about them and how how uh important that is and then and then even went a step further to say that sometimes (laughs) the movie is doesn't live up to the expectation of the writing Mm -hmm. on it yeah which i in a way can kind of identify i i get what she's saying there um so i i it's nice to have someone uh talk about the the criticism and the 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 creative writing that's done about on all of these films um, that was that was nice to see for for a change. Yeah, it, it really was actually, and and you know I'm, I'm not going to put my this little gig, what I do here, on the level of Joanna Hogg um, and her pre production, but like I can relate too because mm-hmm. you know when you're pre- preparing for something, um, you know whatever kind of project, like for example, you know I'm in this noir class and I did a, a, a podcast with David on um, and others on uh, Solaris. Tarkovsky, mm-hmm. and you can't really mm-hmm. go from Tarkovsky to noir back to Tarkovsky. So actually, I, I was not as prepared for noir because Tarkovsky requires a good bit of focus, and um, and right. I was a little worn out by the time I got to my noir films. But uh, but yeah, no, it completely makes sense. You know, you don't you don't want to like sabotage your material and your vision uh, by watching um, right. uncut gems, for example. Right. Right. So yeah, that absolutely. Great video. Uh, really respect her and her work. Uh, I think she's got a got a lot of great stuff in front of her too. And um, we we talked about 4K, but I want to kind of just finish off with this, um, just because there were. This is where sourcing is really difficult on the internet, mm-hmm. because it's <laughs> it's hard to take the word of random internet guy who says he has an in somewhere and says he heard something, but he can't say what because you know they'll. So there's a guy that said there's a film from the last 30 years. So that would, you know, in our our definition, would qualify as a classic. Um, mm-hmm. Said that it will be in 4K. Uh, and then there's a, a Twitter account. And I, I actually don't really I, – I wasn't very impressed with this Twitter account, um, so I don't even want to mention it. 
Um, but he suggested that Kane would be in 4K, and then then he said, "Oh no, I, I have no um, actual source that says for uh, Kane would be in 4K." And then he said, "WB demanded that he delete the tweet," and, <laughs> and it, it's almost like he subtweeted his old tweet. Uh, so <laughs> he kind of just dug yeah. his own hole and kept digging. But anyway, it, it seems likely. I think I'm not putting a lot of credence into this, but. You know, just the business model. I, it seems like we probably will get mm-hmm. some 4K. So I, what, we talked about how that's appetizing, but what do you think that would look like? Oh gosh, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't see them, you know, going back and like uh, reissuing, you know, their entire back catalog, you know. I mean, they're they're just they're not even through with uh, upgrading all their DVD releases, you know. Right. Um, I mean, I think that we could see um, at the start, you know, maybe a couple select uh, films that get that treatment. That it would be in in a deluxe package, some kind of dual format uh thing um but you know i know a lot of cinephiles who are not biting on the 4k mm-hmm. yeah me too um at least on physical media you know they may have a 4k television because you know you can pick one up for you know 400 bucks and they may have a 4k player but um they're not rebuying their library You know, if they happen to get a film that, you know, 4K is included, great. But I don't know many who are double, triple dipping at this point. So I don't see it becoming, it's just so hard to, it's so hard to know what they're going to do. But I don't, I don't think it's going to be like, you know, come next year, every single release they're putting out is going to be 4K. Um, no. I think it's going to be, uh, if they do it, it's going to be uh, certain certain ones. Kind of like what Kino's doing right now, which, yeah. you know, they they just made a huge announcement. What was it? It was, um, shoot, I'm drawing a blank. It might have been Fistful of Dollars. Is that right? Hmm. I, I know that they, they're jumping into the 4K as well. Yeah, they just they just made an announcement this past week, um, and they're, they're doing a few, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I could see them, you know, I could see maybe Citizen Kane being that, or I could see maybe, you know, maybe they'll, uh, some Kurosawa might, might get the treatment, you know. Yeah, um, Ron, Ron, if they could get that back. Um, well, I know when Ron's getting a a, a 4K uh, this November, I believe um, it's going to mm-hmm. be like a Best Buy Steelbook exclusive, um, which I'm really excited about. But I, yeah, I would love oh, okay. for that to I would love for Criterion to get it back, but I don't I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, but no, I think there's some great titles. Maybe some of the Cirque could be ripe for that. Um, but I just don't oh, yeah. see it being, I don't see it being, you know, I don't think they're going to go all the way with that. Yeah, you know, Ryan had an interesting, um, uh, idea and I, I don't, I don't know that this holds weight, but uh, maybe they might create a new line of films with, and there'll be a new spine one and maybe that will oh. be Citizen Kane, uh, 
the the four K. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. And then and yeah. then maybe a couple. Yeah, I think think when it warrants it. So uh, kind of like mm-hmm. arrows do, or maybe uh, with yeah, or maybe they'll do the ch- you know maybe they'll start streaming some four K on the channel. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see I could see that possibly, um, but yeah. I don't know. It's it's kind of uncertain right now. And plus the pri- the prices, I mean, uh, 4K can get really really pricey. Um yeah. occasionally you can get, you know, get a good deal on on something, but most of them are 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 up there. So I I don't know what the price point would be of a of a 4K blue release. It, I mean, I would think what 50 60 bucks maybe. <laughs> I mean yeah, I, I that was what I was thinking. Yeah. And as we discussed a lot of people still watch DVDs, you know, Joanna Hogg and Nathan Lane, you know, they I, I'm sure they can afford the players and the TVs, but uh, they're they're in the DVD, but I think even the, the majority of of film cinephiles or I shouldn't say cinephiles, but but physical media buyers still buy dvd more dvds are sold than, than blu-rays even today yes so. yes but i mean i i, I mean Criterion's it, a different different market though it is a different market um but there's still i mean it's uh, i think it uh, most of the and i'm not talking about necessarily the collectors but most of the you know movie people that i'm that i know they are just happy to get it mm-hmm. so they're not you know, I guess I would say they're um, format agnostic. It's just <laughs> it's getting it's getting. Is that the right yeah, uh, terminology? Great phrasing, they just yeah. they just they just want to they just want to get their hands on it, and they're definitely um, they love it when a film gets you know the deluxe treatment or gets a really nice release. But you know, we're talking about some real deep cuts that aren't you know, necessarily (laughs) warrant, warrant a Blu-ray. So uh, anyways, I, I think there's a future in it and I think that they need to indulge a little bit in, in uh, the format, but I don't know if uh, it makes sense for them to embrace it a hundred percent. Yeah. And I I also think competitively it, it, does make sense for them. So, for example, Crash by right. Cronenberg, Arrow had a mm-hmm. 4K, and Criterion had a 4K, mm-hmm. or a non-4. It was a 4K transfer, but not not a 4K disc. Arrow had right, the actual right. disc. And the thing with 4K as a, a format is it's automatically region free. So I, I, know, right. I know a lot of people bought the Arrow rather than the Criterion version of Crash, and and, if, and Arrow is really diving mm-hmm. in. So um, you know they're doing Dune. Not that I'm, I would expect mm-hmm. that would be a Criterion title, but you never know. Um, so yeah, I, I could see it. Yeah, I could maybe, see it. Maybe. Anyway, oh, great discussion. Um, really enjoyed all that. So let's wrap it yeah. up with some short takes. Uh, short takes are just yeah. a Criterion film you've seen, and I, I know you, you have. You've been busy, but have you been able to catch any Criterions? Uh, I rewatched Dazed and Confused, which is kind of a you know annual tradition for me. Um, and I can always kind of put it on in the background. Um, a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I first saw that when I was in high school. And um, so it's all, it's kind of a comfort movie for me. So, yeah, I watched that one recently and 
just I love every bit of it. All right, all right, all right. I, I do too. I, I just <laughs> I just read that book. It was, it was called All Right, All Right, All Right, and uh, oral history of Days and Confused. Uh, speaking of light, it's very interesting. So many people, so many stars of the '90s came out of that film, um, and just the mm-hmm. way, even the McConaughey story. I, you probably heard it somewhere, but mm-hmm. the way he got discovered, and uh, and hey, now he might be running for governor. Uh, oh my God! Yeah, that's a, quite a quite a. <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. I don't either. But, but you know. <laughs> um, I, I don't think he's going to put. Uh, they get older, or I get older. They stay the same age in his campaign same. ads. <laughs> Oh man, I think he's a good guy, though. That's that's the thing. <laughs> I do, I do think so too. Um, but you know, if he if he does run for governor, they're, whoever they're going to come after him about his naked bongo playing, I'm sure. You know, <laughs> oh, they'll, he'll be a target for in Texas for sure. Oh, absolutely. Well, my my short take is hard to be short about because I finally had the opportunity to watch the Human Condition, um, and I. Oh, wow. It's uh, nine and a half hours. And, uh, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, Kobayashi, uh, it's really, it's been on my list for a while. I, I own three copies of it. So that's, speaking of rebuying stuff and mm-hmm. rebuying stuff you haven't even seen before, because uh, I had the Criterion DVD and then I upgraded to the blue and I also had the arrow. And, um, mm-hmm. and I expected it to be remarkable. And it pretty much met those expectations. You know, speaking of reading about something and then um, actually seeing it, uh, mm-hmm. what's interesting mm-hmm. is it's it's really the Japanese reconciliation with um, with the what that gen, you know really the generation or the the generation before that had experienced, and um, mm-hmm. and kind of reflecting on um, it, it's super deep and I can't don't have time to really go into it, uh, but it's quite a uh, journey from uh, one. One uh, character going from a uh, factory to uh, through to his warriors, and uh, you know, has if you know history, it has it's the Japanese Japanese in Manchuria, so that's a, a controversial topic, uh, probably even still today, just that that history. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's a classic, and I understand why it was a little why it raised some eyebrows around the time of its release, but. Uh, yeah, if you have a spare nine and a half hours, um, <laughs> and you got to break it up, it's in chapters, uh, but okay, it's something. So uh, definitely a, a bucket list film. All right. <laughs> so I, I, probably easier watch than Satan Tango. I'll just say that. Um, okay. <laughs> so on that note, let's on a lighter note, let's finish up with our pieces of flair. This is just something that we're digging that lately. Uh, so what about you? What do you have, Jill? So, uh, shared two movies that showed to our 10 year old daughter, Ellie, uh, we showed her clue, which is a favorite of mine mm-hmm. and, uh, which she loved, loved so much wow. that when we went to, uh, visit family in Chattanooga, she took the Blu-ray and showed it to both sets of grandparents on the same weekend, watched <laughs> it twice in the same That's weekend. Awesome. Um, you know, some of it went over her head, but, you know, anytime we show her a movie um, and there needs to be a little bit of uh, historical context, we'll kind of tell her, OK, well, this was what was going on at the time. So we, you know, mm-hmm. we talked to her about the Red Scare and everything and um, and she loves the board game, you mm-hmm. know. So I was like, OK, uh, she she absolutely loved it. Um, thought it was so funny. Laughed at, you know, again, you know, she didn't get some of the more adult jokes. Right. 
but she did laugh at the right parts. Mm-hmm. Um, at absolute roll on the grounds, like when Mrs. Peacock uh, <laughs> drinks, uh, not to give anything away, but she drinks some wine and they think it might be poisoned. And Eileen Brennan just has this wonderful freak out. Um, so, and she's just, she loved it. And then we showed her Jurassic Park. And uh, we had, back before COVID, uh, let's see, December, it was after Christmas 2019, we had taken her to, with my parents, had taken Ellie to Universal to do all the Harry Potter stuff. Mm-hmm. And because uh, she was, that was the year of Harry Potter. And we rode a Jurassic Park ride and she was kind of interested in it, but then I was kind of worried. It'd been a long time since since I'd seen it. And I thought, well, she might be kind of creeped out by, by some of it. Um, But we showed it to her and she just, she loved it. Absolutely loved it. I've caught her singing the theme song around the house. (laughs) Um, You know, laughed at the right parts, screamed at the right parts, you know, so um, that's been really fun uh, to experience those movies with her. So I've, been, I've yeah. been on that ride. It, it, it's it's an okay ride, <laughs> but it's films... okay. Yeah, we got soaked, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, we had to get in the people dryer after that one. The yeah. people dryer. I, so... I didn't have the luxury of the people dryer when I when I wrote it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Charles. Yeah. Of course, when I remember when I first saw Jurassic Park, and it really was um, uh, majestic. You know, it was. Just, Really yeah, special. I mean, it was, yeah, I saw it in the theater, uh, you know, uh, initial release, and it was a, it was an event, mm-hmm. and uh, very much uh, Spielberg uh, tapping into that blockbuster, you know, it's yeah. not Jaws, but it's definitely in that same he, he's he's at a top form in it, mm-hmm. I think. I think I think it works. Um, and it, I think it's held up. I, I think the special effects have held up. Um, it, it's it's a good movie. Yeah, no, I, not I, a masterpiece, I, but it, but it's fun. I, I'm gonna I'm a Jurassic Park champion. Now some of the sequels were pretty pretty yeah. But uh, oh, they yeah, I've only seen I think I've seen two and three. I think I saw those in the theater and they they really sucked. Yeah. Oh, Jurassic um, World. E. Actually, actually um, watched uh, Jurassic World uh, on an iPad the night I had surgery, like after surgery. Oh God! And I can't, I can't. I'm not sure which hurt more, the <laughs> watching that movie or the actual surgery. But um, yeah, it's so I associate that uh, that movie with with pain. <laughs> Thanks. With pain. Pain. Yeah. yeah. Different kinds, mental and, and physical. Well, mine is uh, I. So you you mentioned Prime Day and 4K. I went a little crazy mm-hmm. on Prime Day because they had some some really great prices on 4K titles, mm-hmm. and one of them was the Cornetto trilogy. So uh, uh, the um, the uh, Edgar Wright, uh, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. Uh, I, it's I still don't quite understand the Cornetto piece. It's ice cream, I guess, flavors. I, I don't even know where they are. That's it's the it's the ice cream that they that's in all three okay. movies. I didn't notice. It's like a, it's like a, like a drum. What, what are they called? Um, like a nutty buddy or like a, um, what are those ice cream? The drum, drum. Oh, drumsticks. Drums, drumsticks. It's kind of like a drumstick or a nutty buddy. Okay. 
Well, I, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll look for that. I, I was mostly just caught up in these. These are my weekday genre films, so uh, this is a good mm-hmm. fit. They're they're all fun, and um, and surprisingly, I, I found I think on and I'd seen them all before, and I think my favorite rewatch was uh, Hot Fuzz. I love that one. Yeah, and and I love how how they pay, he Bright does this on all his films, but he really pays tribute to. And he shows his his affection for a certain um, era or genre of film, and mm-hmm. and yeah, totally hot fuzz. I think uh, nails that. Not that the others don't. Yeah, it's but. it's good. It's probably my favorite too. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's a fun one. All right. Well, I think that is it. So, um, so where can people find you? Uh, well, we know your Twitter, but go ahead and say it. So I am Biscuit Kitten on Twitter. And then, of course, uh, you can find me at the Classic Film Collective, which Aaron will have a link to. And uh, and then uh, uh, I'm the co-host of Drinking While Talking, which hopefully Wade and I will be recording another episode nice. soon-ish. He's been on um, on some shows, very busy producing, so... Um, so yeah, hopefully soon. He has a big day job. Um, he does. He, they just finished up the, well, the season of Top Chef that they filmed last year during the pandemic, I believe just wrapped up, um, or is about to wrap up and he's, uh, working on the next. So he's been pretty busy. Nice. Well, give him my best. And um, yeah, I will we'll put the uh, the link to the Classic Film Collection Collective or Fifth Avenue Ant- Anti Stuff Shirt and Flying Trapeze Club. <laughs> um, they'll probably label it Classic Film Collective just to make it a little more intuitive. Yeah, that's we. Yeah, we did that to make things a little easier. I was even trying to think of an acronym for it, but no, nah, got nothing. Eh. No. So no. you can find us at Criterion Cast. Um, I'm at A West Five Hundred Five. I tweeted a little bit more about the noir and a couple things, so maybe I'll. Yeah, I, I kind of lost love with Twitter last few years. Um, and, um, and yeah, and, and the Facebook group. I, we have a lot of fun on the Facebook group, and I really appreciate it. So that's where, like, that, that sex worker discussion was, and, um, and there's mm-hmm. many more. And, and we predict stuff. And guess what, Jill? We, we failed miserably this month with predicting. Um, I think there are, like, 85 votes for Kane. So, oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's coming. Yeah, I th- it's coming. It's coming. All right. Thanks, Jill. <laughs> Great time. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. It's, we're at an hour, and we don't have a whole lot, but I might go a little quick. You see what I have to do? Yeah, I sure. I have to go buy tampons later, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> You're fresh out. Fresh out, yeah. <laughs> Got to go to the We ran store. over because I I had to talk about Adam Sandler and his tampons. That was a, that was a fun digression, though. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I'm-